Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And today, we're very excited to have Matthew Isaac Sobin, author of The Last Machine in the Solar System, on the show. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you, Tom and Veronica, again. Back on the show, yes. I was going to say, we had you on when we had our Inkshares authors on. Oh, gosh, how long ago was that? I want to say... January, well, January 2016. More than a year, though. Yeah, it's been, it feels like forever. Yep. Um, Matt was telling me a very cute story about how last time we were recording, um, he didn't realize that it was a live Google Hangout. And so afterwards, <laughs> I'm stealing your story. Yes, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. But he was like, he was like, oh, okay, I feel like that went pretty well. And his mom called him and was like, you did great. And he's like, wait, that was live. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a maybe that's a tactic we should use in the future to make sure people don't get nervous. Yeah, make people feel like a little more easygoing and feel like, oh, anything I say, I they'll just edit it out later. I think in it this did. case, yes. I think it totally helped because I, I didn't think I was live um, and I was pretty relaxed. It's true. Fantastic. Well, I hope you feel re- even more relaxed now, especially since you just had a big book release yesterday. I know. And it was my first one. And um, I didn't know what to expect, but it was really exciting. I was getting messages all day. Um, it was a really long day. Uh, I was actually flying back from New York, and I was at uh, JFK at around 6 a.m., standing in a giant security line, which was really scary. I thought I wasn't going to get back to San Francisco and going to miss my flight. Um, so when I landed, uh, I was relieved, and I was on a mission to find my book in San Francisco. And Where did you? did you go to see it on the shelf? I went to Book Passage uh, in the Ferry Building. Um, that was my nice. best bet because they're going to be hosting me um, on April 28th uh, for a book event, a reading and a signing. Um, and uh, so I was like 50-50. I mean, first day, I don't know if the book will be out on the shelf, but it was. Um, and uh, then they were just amazing and put the book like front and center so it was like in the back and then they were like oh let me just move this right into the front for you (laughs) um (laughs) and they put like a little poster like right next to it because you know i'm going to be there uh, in just a couple of weeks Um, don't joke you went and strong armed them you were like hey (laughs) let's move this up to the front a little bit can we can we please what is this doing back here (laughs) that's what i would do anyway (laughs) I was I was the total opposite. I, I went in there and I just pretended to be looking for the book because I wanted to buy it. I, I didn't even tell them I was an author until like after the fact. Wait, yeah. So how did they figure it out? Were you like totally casual? Like, oh, by the way, this oh, is my book. Yeah, I was like, I heard this book is being published today. Do you happen to have it? And then um, he they were like digging through boxes, and then one of the guys realized it was actually up on the shelf already, and he said, do you, 
you know, he brought it to the front so I could buy it. And he said, oh, you know, we're going to have this guy in the, uh, in the store in just <laughs> a couple of weeks. And I was like, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> You're like, the jig is up. It's the me. Jig, it's me. Yeah. No, that's exactly what happened. And then, uh, then he was really excited. Um, it wasn't weird at all, actually. And, um, then he moved the book like front and center. So it was, oh, it was that just was awesome. Nice. Yeah. So in my life, if that was me, I would have then awkwardly bought the book because I wouldn't know what else to do. And he had already <laughs> brought it up to the counter and I would have been like, I, I guess I'll just buy this now. Oh, it, it's totally, I bought it. I I figured okay. I had to, I had to buy my book once. I had to have, you have to, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Only once, but Yeah. I did that. So we've talked about we've talked about all that that exciting stuff, which is amazing, by the way, and congratulations. But I'm I'm sure our audience wants to know what the book is about. So can you give us a little rundown? Sure. Um, so this book is a science fiction. I call it a novelette. It's even shorter than a novella. It's only about sixty two pages or something like that. And there are also illustrations in it. Um, and the story um, follows Jonathan, who is the last machine. He's uh, an android, uh, sort of an oversized robot. Um, and he was made by a scientist named Nikolai. Um, Nikolai is almost like a hybrid of Albert Einstein and Nikola Tesla, at least in, in my mind, with you know artificial intelligence thrown in. Um, and he was made... Um, because um, Nikolai had this understanding of humanity and he wanted um, a robot to document and chronicle the end of the solar system and be here to sort of witness um, the end of mankind, the end of the solar system, and to uh, complete a mission um, that he set out for Jonathan. Um, billions of years in the future. So the book kind of starts like 300 years in the future and then goes billions of years into the future. So Jonathan is alone at, in, in, in his mission because, you know, as, as this is the jacket copy. I don't, I don't think I'm spoiling uh, too much. He is, he is the last machine in the solar system. It's right there in the title, right? Yeah, he's the last machine in the solar system. He's also the last anything uh, in this in the solar system. Um, yeah, there's no real um, surprise. I, I'm not surprising the reader that, you know, all of humanity gets um, eliminated, you know, at some point. You know, in the beginning of the story, through flashback, you're getting Jonathan's time with Nikolai when humans are still around, and he goes from the Earth uh, to Mars, which has been terraformed, um, and ultimately he starts his solo mission, uh, leaving Mars after uh, Nikolai passes away, and um, from there on, um, he's on his own. So, I mean, there's so much news these days about artificial intelligence, AI, and and robotics. Is there anything that you drew from uh, to 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 kind of inform your your process of, of writing, Jonathan? Well, not you know from a scientific perspective, not not really. I, I would say you know I, he's largely human, except for the fact that he's been around for so long. He'd had the opportunity to read and learn more than anyone would ever be able to. Um, and his experiences have influenced him just like Nikolai's experiences influenced him. 
Nikolai had his own issues um, as a scientist where he was trying to make a, a, an appreciable difference in human society and, and failed. Um, and um, ultimately, Jonathan is going to be colored by the fact that he's by himself and he's by himself for so long. Um, and um, I just kind of let those factors play into his character. Um, and um, he became who he was, um, I think. I, I mean, I didn't really set out to, you know, draw him a certain way. He, it was a pretty organic story. I, I don't do a lot of outlining. So, you know, it just kind of wrote itself. Well, and that, that's what's so intriguing to me about this as a story, because knowing what we know just from the outset there a lot a lot rides on Jonathan uh, mm. because he he is the story like what the story to me f- seems to be you know what does it mean to be Jonathan and 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 therefore it touches on the meaning of existence and the universe and that's that's a lot for you to to wrap your your hands around how how what what was driving you towards that I'm I'm curious yeah and and to do it or try to do it in 60 pages. You know, some people have said they wish it was longer. And some people say if it had been any longer, you know, it, it might've become tedious. So I think I got it at the, uh, at the right length. Um, so, I mean, I started out just wanting to create a sort of beautiful picture of the solar system, almost like the sun and the solar system was its own character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, try to make people see what that life would be like. You know, the sun is not a conscious being, but, you know, it catalyzed all life in the solar system and ultimately it would die too. Um, So I wanted to tell that story. um, And, you know, Jonathan was a way to do that. Jonathan is obviously a huge character. It's kind of like Jonathan versus the sun, uh, Nikolai versus humanity. And, you know, those are sort of the the conflicts that were, you know, created. Uh, it's almost like those are the three main characters, the son, Nikolai, and Jonathan. Um, mm. That's really beautiful sounding. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you write being that alone? I mean, that to, to me, that sounds like a really difficult challenge, kind of finding the the room to to write a character who is essentially, who is literally the, the last thing left in the universe other than the sun. Right. Um, well, I mean, he was always grounded in his mission. And I think that's what, um, you know, his mission isn't clear until the end, but, um, you know, he is always saying I'm observing, I'm learning, you know, I'm going past Jupiter or I'm, you know, in orbit, uh, around uh, one of uh, Uranus's moons, and you know, I'm always with the one of the lines that one of my favorite lines in the book is he says, you know, I'm um, always going to have the analytical eye of a scientist and the imaginative mind of a human child, um, and you know, he's trying to maintain that um, being grounded, but he also references that you know he feels like. He could have viewed Nikolai giving him emotions and being able to feel sad as like a cruelty and over, over billions of years, you know, it would be. Um, but he always stayed curious and because he was interested in his environment, he was able to, um, you know, persevere even though it seemed endless. 
Now, the other thing that's beautiful about this book are the illustrations uh, from Jack Katz. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up deciding to to have illustrations and and how you were able to get Jack Katz to do them. Um, that's a that's a great question. Jack uh, is a is a close friend of mine. Uh, for those who don't know, he's um, a graphic novelist. He's uh, eighty nine years old. He's been around since the gold and silver age of comics. Um, he used to work for DC Comics, also for Marvel. Um, and um, I met him through uh, his literary agent when I was looking for a literary agent. Um, so it was sort of this happenstance that brought us together. And, you know, Jack says he doesn't really like drawing other people's work. Um, and I never asked him to draw mine. He volunteered for that. He, he wanted to do it. I, I wrote something that appealed to him and he just wanted to illustrate it. Um, and then he kind of became this mentor figure for me where he was really, um, encouraging me, uh, really aggressively, you might even say, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, I, yeah, I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. I mean, he's like, no, you have to do this. Um, if no one else is going to do it, you have to do it. Um, and you know, when someone who, um, who in my view is, you know, the pinnacle of being a creative, you know, tells you to do that, um, you kind of have to listen. And, you know, he would come to me and say, you know, what are, uh, what are Nikolai's interests? Who were his parents? What were his siblings like? Um, you know, did he care about politics? Things like that. And, you know, it really got me, you know, thinking about these, these characters. And, um, and, um, when he started creating these illustrations for the book, um, this was long before we ever knew there was going to be a book. Um, so it was just amazing to have this um, material to go right alongside the story. Were you able to look at his illustrations while writing the story? At, at some, mm, that's a good question because it's now it's a year and a half ago. Um, I think the answer is no. I think I wrote the entire thing before uh -huh. he started doing any illustrations for it. Um, and... I always loved it when he would draw the robot, but he always wanted to draw Nikolai. He, you know, really became um, almost, you know, he, he wouldn't mind me saying this. He, he's somewhat obsessed with Nikolai as a character. <laughs> what he wants me to do is he wants me to write like a full, like 500 page biography of the creator like he thinks that should be my next project and uh, <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure if that's going to happen mm. but he says you know he would he would illustrate it he would do oil paintings for it he who knows what he would do for it well you yeah. should get jonathan to write that because jonathan would be the best author yeah absolutely there's no question <laughs> it would have to be jonathan i think i'd have to write it you know in a different tense um but yeah mm. that would that that might be something that i do and i hope uh you know I can do it quickly enough. You know, Jack is in remarkably good health for, and, you know, vitality for someone 90 still working. Um, but yeah. you know, hopefully we can get that done. That's incredible. Yeah. That's a, that's a really wonderful idea too. kind of a, a backstory, a, a biography of, of the creator, I think is pretty, pretty, very clever idea. 
Yeah, and uh, it's something that Jonathan would have definitely done because there was no one who he was more focused on in his life and for such a long period of time than his creator. So he would have, he would definitely have done it. Whether I can make it a reality or not, I don't know. <laughs> and frankly, Jonathan had a lot of time to kill. Sure, yeah, it's probably <laughs> ample time, ample opportunity to to write that kind of thing. Um, do you have any any advice for for new authors like yourself looking to to put out their first novel or or novella or novelette? Well, I did it, you know, with the the sword and laser, the uh, the contest that you guys sponsored uh, on Inkshares. Um, I would, I, I mean, to me, doing it not in a contest is rather daunting. I you know something. Uh, that other people have done, but you know that depends on the size of your your network. Um, I guess you know for an advice to authors, if they've already written a book, then it's just a question of how to publish it. You know they have to figure out what's best for them. If they haven't written it yet, then I would say you know just write, um, which is what I was doing with the last machine. I you know I saw this show on the Science Channel and I just wanted to write about the solar system, so I started doing it. Um, I could see doing another contest again. They're incredibly stressful, um, but um, you, I think, have the um, a better opportunity because even if you fall a little short, you know, you can uh, you're you're going to be significantly down the road towards meeting your funding goal um, on ink shares. Um, so I might do that again. They also have um, a new contest coming out, which I was thinking of throwing uh, my hat into with a new novel that I have, um, which, so these new, con this new contest sounds like it's more judging, uh, than funding. It sounds like it's a hybrid. Uh, I think they do it with the launch pad. Hmm. I like judging things. <laughs> you, you do. Well, do. well, that's great. So the book is out and you're going to be doing some book tours locally. Are you going on, um, are you going, uh, places outside of the Bay area as well? I'd like to. I, when I was back in New York just this week, I went into the local bookstore there from you know the town where I grew up, and I'm just talking to them preliminarily. I would love to go back there, maybe in later this year, and do a do a signing. I think that would be fun. You know, I still have roots in the area. Could should be able to get a pretty pretty sizable crowd. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I could do more than you know the two places where. I have an audience unless the you know the book really took off then then you never know maybe you could draw a crowd anywhere but that's probably not possible right now. Well yeah you need to get the movie rights uh and then the mo when the movie happens then they can take you all over the place. Awesome. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> I'm shooting for that. <laughs> it's easy. Scalzi does it all the time. Yeah, right. Ah, <laughs> uh, Scalzi, he just makes everything look easy. That's true. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for being back on the show and, and sharing your story with us. And I, I'm, we're as excited as you are that this is this thing has become a reality and, and you get to see it out there in the world. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. I, it's great to be back. And I, you know, I hope people um, really take something from the story. You know, it, I didn't go into it to, you know, make a big statement or anything. But I think for people that you know read this and um, put on their philosophy hats, there's a lot of philosophy in there. You know, there's really something to take away. Packs a lot in a, in a novelette form. That's yeah. awesome. 
Yeah. Well, and if, if something like, you know, uh, the story of my life uh, can be turned into a rival, uh, the, there's there's lots of hope for the last machine in the solar system. Believe me, I, I think people are, are have a taste for these kinds of stories now. Yeah, I, I hope so. You know, uh, more substantive, classic science fiction. I, I don't I mean, I don't know that there's that much of it out there. I think people are going to be hungry for something where they where it kind of forces them to think. Um, or at least I hope so. Absolutely. And where can everyone follow your work online? Oh, they can follow me on Twitter um, at writer Matt Isaac. Um, there's also a page for The Last Machine in the Solar System on Facebook uh, where you can get updates as well. Fantastic. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As you know, our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you, as always, to all our folks who back our show. You can learn more over at patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books like, I don't know, The Last Machine in the Solar System, for instance, through our links at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Get in touch with us at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye.